Welcome to another episode of Retail Intel. Today I'm speaking with John Orr. John is Retail Services Director with the Carolina Retail Experts team of Lee & Associates out of Charleston, South Carolina. In addition to over 20 years' experience in leasing, acquisitions, and asset management, you could say he's one of the most interesting men in the industry. John always wears a bow tie and has a unique perspective. He knows the business because he's lived it. He started as a successful retail bike shop owner in Atlanta throughout the 80s, He's a banjo picker, a social media pioneer, but most importantly, John is a deal maker and a great guy. Take a listen. So I'm happy to be here with John Orr of Lee and Associates out of Charleston, South Carolina. I've known John a long time. He's an industry veteran, so I appreciate your time and happy to be here. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy our time together. As far as voice and technology, where do you see traditional retail evolving over the next, call it, 10 years? So we've we've dug into a lot of the statistics on retail, retail sales, and there's this misconception that the brick-and-mortar stores will evaporate. It's not going to happen. It's impossible to happen because of the omni-channel experience. There's certainly a digital component, an online component, There, it, the, the AI, the voice technology can help you order the more, and, and so think in terms of... It helps of, from a convenience standpoint, but traditional retail right. isn't going away because it's just another outlet to the, purchase. The reason that the voice technology and the AI and the digital sales are growing at a very fast rate is because it's a great experience. Remember when you first tried to buy something online, you were worried about our credit card information, it was really clunky, and remember the old cart shed? Now, you can tell Alexa, Alexa, send me a roll of paper towels. And she says, sure, John. Boom, right. just that easy. So so the, the easier it becomes, the better the retail experience becomes through AI and digital voice command technology it will be competitive with the physical experience, but the physical experiences are becoming greater and greater and greater. And so one of the interesting things about the Google hardware store is they join those two, the physical experience of the store, walking around, feeling the tablets, touching them, seeing how they look, how they operate, with the voice command, how it operates in your house. They, you know, so it's, it's the combination of those, and you'll see the retailers succeed who can effectively leverage both those platforms. The other interesting part about the brick-and-mortar stores is the retail experience has not gone away at all. It has only gotten better. There are more retail stores than there have ever been. I mean, you hear all the stories about Sears closing, Kmart closing, the list goes on and on. But historically, this has been happening since there's been retail. Old concepts die out, fade away, and there's always a new concept. There's lists at the end of every year about who went out of business and who is the new kid on the block, so to speak, in every single segment of retail. So we're going to watch these retailers who execute a great retail experience in whatever their product is, is irrelevant. But the better the retail experience, be it be groceries or clothing or food, 
those are going to be the ones that thrive and they're going to incorporate the the AI in an effort to make your experience better, not to define your experience. John has got such a great background. He's a, he's a bulldog, right? George right. Bulldog. You got into the business. Now, the thing that I remember is you told me you actually... I mean, you're, you're a true operator because you owned a bike shop. I was a retailer. Back in the, back in the day in Atlanta, correct? Right. And right out of college, I moved to Atlanta. We opened a bicycle shop, and I raced bikes and triathlons all over the country. But I know what it's like from a retailer's perspective to understand how do we merchandise this? How do we uh, create, how, how do we sell this item? How do we put this item on sale? What do we need to do for a physical space? What's our inventory level? So when you have that perspective and you can bring that into both a tenant and a landlord, it changes the value proposition you can provide from that of simply a transactionally oriented what years? What, what years was that? I'm just curious. So that was the early 90s. Early 90s, okay. And the early 90s in Atlanta were a great time to be in the bicycle business but I confess, retail is hard. You have to have the store open to be able to sell stuff. Of course, back in the early 90s. Today, it's not exactly the same with you know the digital uh, technology. But back in the early 90s, if you weren't there and you didn't have the store stocked, nobody could come in and buy anything. So retail is hard. It's a, it's, you know, it takes a special person to execute it really well. But through my background, my family being in the real estate business, I was always interested in real estate. I got my real estate license between high school and college that summer. So when I recognized that I didn't really have the uh, mental fortitude to be a retailer for the rest of my life, uh, and I had a real estate background, it just seemed logical to go into retail. It gave you the variety and you're able to represent tenants and place them into locations so that that's that's yeah. been your your bread and butter throughout I, your career so. right i started working with a uh a third-party leasing management company in atlanta and in the mid-90s we were the uh one of two dominant third-party companies for the institutional grade of commercial real estate owners the dean witter realty trust and uh city group and you know protective and principal mutual. And over the course of time, I had a mentor, a guy in Atlanta named Mike Klump, taught me everything I've ever known about the business. And he had partnered with a guy, created a firm called Equity Investment Group. So I took a leap of faith just because I trusted Mike to go work with him. And I started leasing shopping centers and we bought uh, 100, I don't know, 130 some odd shopping centers over the course of the next few years, and we tra- traveled all over the country and used that experience on the ownership side to really help frame my perspective as a landlord rep uh, going forward. Now, after the big capital event, and they prepared to take the, uh, the operation public, but in the late mid-90s, the public REIT market wasn't fantastic, so that ultimately didn't happen. The move I made from Atlanta to Charleston did happen. Moved to Charleston and partnered with a group there who provided uh, construction expertise and equity, 
and we developed several grocery stores around the southeast. And that, as that ran its course, I had a relationship with AutoZone and Family Dollar, and we created a company and became one of the largest build-suit developers throughout a nine-state southeastern region for those retailers, at which I sold to my partner in 2008 and planned to take a sabbatical of sorts, which is kind of an interesting time in life because I've always wanted to play the banjo. And, <laughs> right. and so, so when we finally uh, uh, got everything worked out, I called a friend and I said, I think I'm going to go buy a banjo. And he said, if you buy a banjo, you come play with me anytime you want. So I did. And it's, you remember, you know, I came and saw you, right? And uh, what's the name it, of that place? Finn's. Finn's Bar on uh, Coleman we, Boulevard. In Charleston, right? In Charleston. And it's interesting because practicing the banjo is early stages is like fingernails on a chalkboard. I mean, it's brutal. And so I about stuck with it, and so it got to the point where you know went out and played in bars, and I realized picking, that out picking, I was just picking them away, <laughs> and I realized that I'm not going to make it as as a musician for a career. So, and I really missed and loved the real estate business. So, through an interesting turn of events, I ended up um, working on a big bankruptcy case, and that led me to join Collier's in Charleston and run the retail group there, which was probably one of the one of the best things that's happened because it got me back into the retail just commercial real estate. Right? And yep. yeah, I just love the deals. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm kind of a deal junkie. I mean, I just love doing deals. And a banjo playing banjo deal playing junkie. That deal sums junkie. you up. And so I, and so, you know, joined Collier's and, and kind of took the retail platform there. We, you know, moved to Lee & Associates in December of 2017. We've expanded our team. Now we've got three brokers. We cover uh, coastal geography from Wilmington to Savannah and inland throughout South Carolina. We represent some of the major institutional retail REITs some of the largest developers. We've got several clients who are headquartered here in New York City that develop multi-use projects throughout the South. We lease uh, the retail component of the apartment building or the student housing project or whatever. And we also do uh, a great deal of marquee tenant rep. And the marquee tenant rep, to qualify, you have to be the number one or number two retailer in, in that the genre. Category. Yeah. So for example, we represent Academy Sports. We represent Jim and Nick's Barbecue, uh, First Watch, Daytime Cafe. And we've been very focused and very specialized in what we do. We're very data-driven and report-heavy and intensive. So we fit a select group of property owners and tenants, but we're not for everyone. And that's okay. We, we don't need to be for everyone. Now, if you were to give you know an up-and-comer coming out of college, any advice on retail leasing, what would it be? So the best advice I could give you if you're coming out of college is you need to find a mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Your success is fundamentally driven by a senior person's ability 
and commitment to invest in you and your career. Now, you're going to have to work day and night, 12-hour days, anywhere you go. But if you have someone who's a mentor who can teach you the business, who's willing to spend the time and effort to teach you the business, not just who to call, but how to call them. Not just what to say, but what not to say. How the underlying real estate is only a component of the value of the property in conjunction with the building and the leasehold interest. And there's so many different layers that, that you just can't know until someone teaches you. And you have two choices. You can find a mentor and you can learn a great deal of it in the first three or so years, or you can spend your whole life fumbling around out there. So the, the number one thing is you got to get a mentor. The number two thing is you have to invest in your education and your commitment. Uh, as the 2019 South Carolina CCIM president, I'm a, you know, obviously a tremendous supporter of the CCIM Institute and my battle cry is that of education. I mean, I believe we need smarter people in the real estate business. And with CCIM, we, we hold classes in Charleston and we sell them out regularly. It's interesting because we've seen a tremendous influx of not just the old guys, but we're seeing a lot of young, very smart women get engaged in the business. And here's a heads up to you guys, they'll outwork you. They're smarter than you are, and they're more committed and determined. Just because you're an old guy doesn't mean you get a pass into the club anymore. You're going to have to get out there and get after it and, and work hard because they're coming for you, and they're probably going to knock a lot of you guys off. So heads up, it's coming. Your, your coworkers or counterparts, what, what it is. Right, so one of my... Uh, partner of mine is partner. Elise Welch. She graduated from college at Charleston and during her final year we met when I spoke to the real estate class, she, finance class she was in. Came in, I brought a lease or a lease document and outlined which components of the lease create the value. And it's more than just the rent. There are use clauses, there are restrictions, there are expenses and so the polite thing to do. And in the South, if we're anything, we're polite, is to <laughs> offer an internship to the class. So I did and left a card. She called, she emailed, she asked me for this internship. But the truth of the matter is really the last thing I needed was an intern. But she was persistent. And when I was in Charlotte at the ICSC conference there in the spring, a good friend of mine came up and he said, John, you need to hire Elise Chubb. And I looked at him and I said, Tom, I don't even know who you're talking about. He said, Elise Chubb, she's a winner. You need to hire her. So this I said, right. How long ago? And this has been seven years ago. I said, I don't even know who she is. I said, have her call me between 7.45 and 8 o'clock tomorrow morning between school drop-off and the office. And she did. Of course, she's in college, so she had to set her alarm. She woke up, I guess, in her pajamas. She called me. I answered the phone, which is the first time in every single time that I'd ever answered. And I said, Elise, meet me on King Street at Glazed Donuts, and we will 
discuss this internship. So she got dressed and ran down King Street in her heels. She was there in 10 minutes. We came in, sat down, and I imparted all of my wisdom on why a very smart, young, soon-to-be college graduate with a job offer that had a salary where you get paid every day should not come and try to get into the commercial retail real estate game with a bunch of old guys who've been doing it forever. It just, it's so hard. It doesn't make any sense. And I went on for about 20 minutes to underscore the point, and I got up to get a refill of coffee, sat back down, and I said, does all that make sense and resonate with you? And Annalise, if you've met her, you'll you'll understand this, that in the most polite possible way, she looked me dead in the eye and said, I understand, and I appreciate your sharing that with me, but I need to let you know that the day after I graduate, I have a plane ticket, and I have a place to stay. I've registered for the ICSC Recon Conference, and I'm going to come home from that conference with a job in commercial retail real estate in Charleston, South Carolina. So it was incredibly obvious to me at that moment that I would rather have her better, on my I was team gonna say, you better, than on somebody else's your chance. team. I wasn't I prepared to, to let someone else snap her up. So I said, okay, great. Well, I'll meet you at the South Hall entrance Monday morning at 8 o'clock in Las Vegas. And that was her first day on the job. That is great. Since then, she has worked incredibly hard. She's earned her CCIM designation. She is among one of the most respected women in the industry. She's a board member, an officer, and a crew organization, and a fantastic person, great business partner, wonderful new mom, and I couldn't ask for a better person to work with. So That's a very good story. That's a very good... <laughs> well, good stuff, John. And I say all that good stuff. She's sitting right here. and Right, she's sitting right next to us. Saying the right thing. But... Uh, those those fundamental things of get a mentor, commit to yourself and to your education. Those are the two most critical things a young person could do who's considering getting in this business. John, always great talking to you. One of the most interesting men in the business. <laughs> most a, interesting man in commercial real estate. Most interesting man in commercial real estate, John. Or if you see him, you will instantly recognize him. He's got the bow tie. He's got the the southern the southern charm, if you will, like the show. But um, former former retailer, former triathlete, bike shop owner, banjo player, mentor, president of the CCIM South Carolina chapter. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mike.